Hey, welcome to episode 29 of Tangible Takeaways. I'm Jackson, and today we're going to talk about how it's really difficult to disagree nicely. And I'm Tom Mercer, and it's a blessing to uh, to be here today with Jackson. And I'm going to talk about everything that Jackson wants to talk about. <laughs> All of that and more on this episode of Tangible Takeaways. Hey, welcome to episode 29 of Tangible Takeaways. Tom, thanks for being on. <laughs> yes, you're very welcome. Thanks for asking me. Yeah. I mean, you've been doing this for how long? 29 episodes, That's 29 weeks be, now. It's good to be number 30. Yes. Yeah. Well, we're, glad, any, we're glad to find you. On anybody's you on. list. Yeah. Thank you, Jackson. No, it'll be good. And full confession, we had a we had a guest speaker here this weekend, Eric Tonis. Here he did a great job. I wasn't here this weekend. So you were, though. Give me just like a little recap of kind of what we were looking at this weekend. You know, there are not a lot of speakers or very many speakers at HTC that we just say whatever he wants to say is fine. <laughs> because uh, Dr. Tanis, Eric is the head of theology, theology chair at Biola University. Yeah. So, I mean, he's just uh, not only a wealth of knowledge, but he's got great practical insight into what the scriptures mean. And he was willing to teach in series. Yeah. You know, some guys will come and just give you their one of their top 10 messages, but he just dove right into the first part of Second Peter chapter two, yeah. which is where we in on our, where we're, where we're at in our knockoffs series. And so it's all about false teachers. And so there are really five points. He kind of laid it out at the beginning. Um, you know, who are the false teachers? Yeah. And what do they teach? Who is God and what does he teach? Mm. And then how do we respond? He looked at it like who, what, who, what, how. Mm. It was kind of weird, though, because they walked in. The congregation walked in yeah. at all our campuses and they saw a blank piece of paper for the note sheet. Yeah, they're like, they're what not is used this? to that. They say, what is this? He's not going to say anything. Yeah. No, it was rich. Yeah. Jackson, man. it was so good. Yeah, I'm definitely going to have to go back and watch it on our yeah. YouTube channel. And you can, too, if you're tuning in and like, man, sure. I missed it. Yeah, sure. And no. if you if you watched it. Watch it again. Yeah. I mean, repetition is always uh, one of the primary ways we learn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you, you, if you can pick up something from Dr. Tonis, uh, you should probably hear it a few times. And some might look at this topic of false teachers and say like, man, is that is that really like a valuable thing for us to talk about? Why is it so valuable for us? Clearly, it's valuable enough to show up in scripture, not just in Second Peter, but multiple times. Why do these writers of the New Testament feel such a burden, not just to talk about the truth, but to talk about people who are preaching things that aren't the truth too? Because the truth matters. Yeah. You know, God is a God of truth. And even the answer to, you know, what, is, what does God teach? He teaches us truth. And we saw it even Saturday at the Apologetics Conference, which mm. by the way was stellar as well. Uh, so good. But our culture has put a full court press, and you're a basketball guy, so yeah. you know what that means. Yeah. Keep the team from even getting the ball across court. Yeah. A full court press on keeping, on separating God's people from the truth mm. because the truth matters that much. And so, you know, just back to the basketball, you know, visual, that's why a lot of Christians don't score very often mm. because they have become 
uh, subjects of this give and take, this tug of war between the enemy and God for truth. Yeah. And so that's why Peter is so insistent, I think. I mean, we can ask him when we get to heaven, but yeah. it's kind of a, just read the, read his letters. He just is so bothered, Jackson. He's so bothered by people who will f fabricate mm. ideas, make up ideas. In fact, what, you know, part of Dr. Tanis's text was how they secretly introduce mm. uh, a heresy. Mm. They know better. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a problem. It's yeah. a problem. And it's not new, obviously, because yeah. this was written a long time ago. And I do think it's, it's interesting, too, the way that Peter structures it in his letter. Like, initially, he's going to bring up the truth. He starts with yeah, the truth. Right. That's the foundation. And then he gets to, now there's this group of people who's going to distort yes. the truth, too. Yeah. And so he, it's almost like he wants you to see both sides of the coin. You know, yeah. like, yeah, absolutely, here's the truth. But then also know that you're not going to go through this life without interacting with people who are going to distort the truth, who are going to teach other things, and even in this knockoff series, push us towards cheaper things. And yet, you can't really differentiate at times yeah. between authentic truth yeah. and what people um, are able to make seem true because they got a, you know, they got such a smooth way of operating and they got such a kind approach. And, yeah. And this idea of being nice has become such a virtue in our culture that to disagree with anybody is almost like the worst thing you can do mm. because what will that do to their self-esteem if you don't agree with them? Yeah. And so they, you know, we we have a, a lot uh, of our experience, we are able to see even in the text that nothing has changed. Mm. People are still yeah. bent on, oh, should I confront the truth? Uh, maybe I shouldn't say anything or else maybe I, they would get their feelings hurt yeah. if I told them they were wrong. Yeah. And I feel like that's because some people feel like they're ill-equipped, right? Or like they, they maybe aren't spiritual enough or holy enough. Like you see this come up with some different spiritual practices. Like you see some people who have been believers for a long time, they've got uh, maybe a, a distorted view of baptism and they're like, I'm just not good enough to get baptized. Right. And it's like, bro, that's like just a natural <laughs> step in your faith. Like right. you should get baptized. You believe in Jesus. And there's some of that kind of tension of like, I just don't feel like I'm the person, right? Like, I don't feel like I'm like Pastor Tom, he could do it, but I don't feel like I'm the person to confront those things. Where do we kind of find that, that confidence to say, man, I, that's not true. Well, the first thing maybe is to know the truth. Mm. You know, that's what Jesus said. Yeah. Know the truth and the truth shall set you free. And, you know, you hear people all the time misquote Jesus because mm. that the truth shall set, shall, shall set you free. And, and that's not what Jesus said. He said, first, you have to know it. Yeah. And if you don't know it, you can't own it. And if, if you don't know it, you, can't, you don't even know when someone's wrong. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't so know how you, to evaluate it. That's why we have the apologetics conference. That's why we open the Bible every weekend. That's why we provide these questions and these devotional, you know, kind of uh, exercises for people to to really dig into the Word of God and know what the Bible says. Know what God said, and then when you hear something that's false, you've got that little antenna that says, yeah. "Wait a minute." That like, doesn't man, that sound right. A lot of what I've been looking at. That yeah. just don't sound right. And uh, and if you're not at that point in your Christian walk, 
you know, then you, you really need to grow. Uh, and Jackson, you got to own it. Mm. You know, and that's one of the things that uh, Eric said on the weekend, too, which was so good. He said, you can't count on your pastors and your mentors and your Bible study leaders and your small group leaders. This is your life. Yeah. This is your mission. This is your role as a Jesus follower to know what's true. Yeah. Yeah, it's not the church's job to live out your faith for you, but just to equip and prepare you to live it out in your own life. And we'll do our part. Yeah. You know, we do. We want to do our part. We want to help explain things or, you know, I love teaching. I know you're a, a wonderful Bible teacher and you love teaching. But the bottom line is uh, people need to own their own spiritual growth. Mm and say whether or not I learn the truth isn't up to Tom or Jackson mm. or the others at HTC. Yeah. This is on me, completely mm. on me. Mm. Mm. Yeah, there's that level of uh, ownership and that fits really well even within this theme that Peter's getting at throughout his entire letter of a costly faith. Yeah. A faith that's going to cost us something to own your own faith and not just rely on a pastor to own it for you or other people in your life to be passionate about it, but to say, no, I need to be all in on this. I need to devote time and effort and energy yeah. to understanding, to embracing what the truth is in my own life. Man, that costs us something. And you know, when you say that, because I'm old school, right? And I'm, you know, older than you, obviously. And just uh, by a little bit. Ah, yeah, just by a little bit. <laughs> And um, so you you have this, this is going to cost you something. And so I'm thinking, man, people around the world are losing their lives. Mm. It's costing them their lives to know the truth. Mm. And that's still true today. Yeah. I mean, I've seen that, you know, not personally on site, but have read about and watched and talked to people who have personally experienced that kind of costliness yeah. for the truth. But for us, it's just time. It's just time investment. Mm. Nobody's going to shoot us yeah. for learning the yeah. Bible. Yeah. But we just won't take the time to do it. Yeah, we're just too busy watching TV or on yeah, Instagram. These guys or... are dying for the truth. And yeah. we won't even bother to own it. Yeah. So, yeah, Which means gets... that, man, what we're settling for is so much cheaper than an authentic faith. If we're not willing to give it time, then yep. I think that should be a... That should be a warning sign to all of us in our faith. No if doubt. If we're not willing to give our faith time and effort and energy, it's like, man, then is this even real? Do I believe that this is real? Because yeah. if I do, it's going to elicit some sort of a response in me. Well, the beautiful thing about Second Peter is that it is a challenge to ask that question. What side of history are you on? Hmm. You know, when all the dust settles and everybody goes home, wherever that is, at the end of the day, what side were you on? Mm. And you got to cast your lot. Just mm. you want to be on the right side of history. Yeah. That's where you want to spend your time. That's where you want to invest in terms of learning. And, you know, even at the apologetics conference, Jackson, we had a couple of us, you know, sessions, what main session and a couple of breakouts, even about social media and about the time we spend mm. with false teachers. Yeah. And, and we don't even... We don't even ask the question, should I be doing this? Mm. It's just become so normal for us. Yeah. Instead of being intentional about what is actually the truth. Yeah. I was seeing that, man, for this upcoming generation, uh, it's normal for them to spend anywhere between six and nine hours a day taking in media from screens, which you're looking at that and you're like, man, that is 
an insane amount of your day. And it is what it is. It's, it's, you know, metrics are what they are and the statistics are very alarming. And we were reminded about that again on Saturday. But, the, you know, you get back to the core of it. We do that without even asking, yeah. is this good for me? Yeah. I mean, ask, at least ask the question. Yeah, it's just what's normal. And yeah. so we just kind of roll what, with it. Yeah, if they give it to us, we take it. Yeah. And it's our, it's our norm. Yeah. And this generation especially, it's, they've grown up on that. Yeah. And even parents don't stop with their kids and say... Just ask it, the question, it, yeah. is this good for is us? Is this good for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, what are you watching? We're just watching YouTube videos. Okay, well, turn off for just a second. Yeah. It, is this really good for you? Yeah. Is this the way you ought to be spending these God-ordained moments that he's given you breath mm. to live your life? Yeah. And uh, uh, anyway, that's... Yeah. He gets so... Peter, you know, I'm opened up here to Second Peter. This is truly a soap box. Is that the old word? Yeah. Yeah. It's, this is his pulpit, man. He is pounding the pulpit. He is so mad yeah. at these guys. Yeah. And I think there is a passivity in our world when it comes to the Christian faith. And even back in, in Peter's day, and he's just trying to come on, you guys. Yeah. Well, and you think about it when you really are, when you're thinking about it from Peter's perspective, he knows that this is a group of people who have the truth. They've responded to Jesus. And now they're extremely purposeful, worshipful lives that they get to live out as a new creation are being taken away for lesser yeah. and cheaper and weaker things that are just not even worth their time. He right, it, you know, even back in chapter one, which the guys talked about weeks ago, if you do these things, you'll never fall. It's chapter one, verse 11. And you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mm. We all look forward to that. Yeah. I mean... I don't know what's going to happen for any of us, but that rich welcome, I don't even know what that means. Yeah. But it sounds really good to me. Yeah. And and yet here then in chapter two, and there are some clowns out there. They're going to try to keep you all yeah. from being able to enjoy what God gives. Yeah. And so I, uh, I think that's why Peter is so irate. And that's really, when you think about it, that's kind of the next best step for an enemy for Satan to take, if you're going to have these people who put their faith in Jesus, well, now you've got to distract them, right? Because yeah. they're, they're too dangerous. Like they're, they've got all of this. They've got the power of the Holy Spirit in them. They've got the truth and right. they're, they're free from the bondage of sin. I mean, that's a dangerous group of people to this enemy. And so the best thing you can do now is to distract them with things that are eh, neutral things. They're okay things. Right. They're just lesser way lesser. Yeah. Yeah. And so what would you say, as I'm sure many people are thinking, even coming away from this, like, man, there's so many people in my life who yeah. are under the influence of false teaching. Either they claim to be believers, but they've really kind of given themselves over to some things that have an appearance, but they're just not there, or they just don't believe at all. And they're listening to all of these other things that are kind of giving them some semblance of a version of truth that's just not true. Right. How do I kindly like use influence in that relationship to lead them towards the truth? Well, I, I again, everybody's got an opinion. Step one for me is just know there is a way to do it mm. because the devil has told us there's not a nice way to do that. That's mm. why people don't. Yeah. And just to be reminded, yes, there is. There's a way you can with grace uh, and love, let people you care about know 
that what they're doing is harmful to them. Mm. And, you know, how that might flesh out in any particular relationship. I, you know, I don't know. I can think of my own life. But, uh, but, it, but it is possible. And this is the cool thing about the Oikos principle. Jackson, have you heard of that principle? I've, I've heard something about it. Okay, Just well, let me bit. introduce it to you. Yeah. No, I won't bother. Our audience today probably knows it pretty well. But that's the beauty of it, because the Oikos principle uh, identifies where trust already exists. Yeah. And so if I have 8 to 15 people, which I do and we all do, supernaturally and strategically placed in our lives and the front row seats of our lives. They already know us. Yeah. They know we love them. Yeah. You don't have to fabricate they know we trust care for with them. them. Yeah. We're vested in their lives to some degree. Now, if they don't know that, then that's where you start. Yeah. You just start building bridges of love and trust and, uh, and, and just be Jesus to them. Yeah. And too often there's so many who start with like, Hey, you're wrong. And it's like, you don't even have the foundation to know, I'm telling you this because I care about you or I love you, but it's like, no, you're just wrong and I don't know much about you. And that that's a, a really poor foot to start on instead of saying, I'm just going to invest in love you and yep. show you what it's like to be loved by Jesus. And, and when there's that moment to just share with them as one whom they already trust. Yeah. Did you say, that's not a good idea, man? Mm. Just or sister. Yeah. Just telling you, that's not a good thing. And let me show you why, or why I think it's not a good thing. Yeah. And it's on you. I'm going to love you no matter what. Yeah. I, I'm not drawing a line in the sand here. Yeah. I'm just I love you unconditionally. As a friend, which is what friends do. Like that's kind of built into our right. life. We have our friends check us and say, nah, I just don't think that's in your best it interest. It should be that yeah. way. But in this culture we've built, we, I use the term we loosely, this culture that's been built for us, it's like you can never challenge anybody. Yeah. You have to affirm everything. Yeah. And even if they're walking down a path that we know will lead to their eternal destruction. Yeah. We just don't have a right you have to, to clap say that. as they go. Yeah, we have to affirm them as yeah. they walk. So I'm, you know, it, uh, Dr. Tonis, he had a, a general session on Saturday too. And I think it was at that one. I don't think it was on Sunday. So maybe our audience, many of them will not have heard that. But he talked about the difference between knowing the Bible and thumping the Bible, being mm. a Bible thumper and a Bible learner. Mm. And so it all keeps circling back to the same place, bro. Yeah. You got to know the truth so that you can know when your friends, when your oikos are starting to move in the wrong, harmful direction. Yeah. And then just pray through it. I mean, what's point number two? You list your oikos and you what? You, you pray, pray for them. Yeah. You see them move in another direction. You say, Lord, help me to mm. really be able to somehow challenge that without them being offended or thinking that I'm a holier than thou or I'm judging them. Yeah. I don't want to come across as judgy. Yeah. I want to come across as someone who knows the one who made them. And so appropriate to pray for those things. Pray that God would give us an understanding of when the right moment is to say something, Absolutely. that he'd give us the right tone. Like so often we just go into those things, we don't pray about it, we don't give it a lot of forethought, and it just comes up in us and we're like, I gotta say something. And now we're coming in so unprepared to that conversation yeah. instead of coding it in all of this prayer and kind of preparation before it. Yeah. And that's what I love is it's so intentional this, the, about the Oikos principle, it yeah. allows you to be so intentional. And that's the steps. You got the number one step is to list. Number yeah. two, pray. Number three, invest in them and just make sure they know you love them. Yeah. Make sure they know that. 
Yeah, that your relationship with them isn't all about, I'm just trying to get you to come to church with me, but yeah, I love you as a person. You're not a notch on my belt. You're yeah. not somebody I'm going to win a contest at the church. Yeah, if I get you a free t-shirt for or something. Yeah. I love you. Yeah. That's investment. And then inviting is what you're asking or what we're talking about. How yeah. do you confront someone? How do you invite them into a discussion that will help them see Jesus, maybe his will for their future? Yeah. And then prepare is knowing the truth. Apologetics conference, that's part of preparation. Yeah. Going to church on the weekend, part of preparation. Yeah. Going to your small group, part of preparation. Because if you don't know the truth, you won't even know when your friends are off. Yeah. Off balance yeah. with it. No, that's so good. Man, that's and so practical too, yeah. which I think is so helpful for us here to say, okay, there is a practical way to move forward from this and not just say, because I think so often when we talk about false teachers, the first place people go is like, I got to identify these people and these people and these people. And it's like, man, maybe the reason that we're talking about this is actually so that you can be intentional with the people that you do life with who yeah. are subject to that's these right. things and saying, oh man, I see how you would think that that's true. I see how that comes across as true but I know it's leading you nowhere good. Exactly. And so now I need to follow some of these steps, which doesn't start with me confronting them at the beginning, mm -hmm. but it's a buildup to that in investing in the relationship. You first. don't get to, you know, even con the con confrontation is step four. Yeah. It's step four. And for yeah. a reason. Yes. <laughs> and so when you feel like you got to go out and be a Bible thumper yeah. instead of a, a Bible learner yeah, uh, and then praying and, and uh, investing in those people's lives, yeah. developing that trust. No, so good, good, man. Well, thank you for taking the time, seriously. And I'm 30 on your death it. chart. So <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm honored. No, I love you, brother. Thank you. You do such a great job. Oh, thanks. And yeah. seriously, hopefully uh, hopefully you've got a, a great tangible takeaway coming out of the weekend too. We'd encourage you. You could drop it there in the chat, in the comments, just to let us know. And all, as always, don't forget to like the video, maybe share it with a friend. And next week, where are we at in Second Peter 2? Second half of the chapter. You're going after it. It's going to, it gets more intense. Yeah. I mean, you Peter's thought, going after. If you thought it. Peter was grumpy this time. He's just <laughs> yeah, going to get. He's, he's grumpy more grumpy. Peter. Yeah, yeah. So this be weekend sure we got Pastor Tom on. It'll be good. Good. Yeah. All right. We'll catch you guys next week on Tangible Takeaways.